This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Right, welcome along. Um, this is Shrimpnet, episode 12. How do we get to 12 so quickly? Um, welcome. Thank you for listening. Um, it's, this is the podcast of the Shrimps Trust. Um, I'll go, we've got two great guests this week, as well as myself and Joel. So we'll uh, not waste any time. We'll get straight into it. First, uh, we've got the man who never stops, um, the busiest man on the board, uh, Charlie Appleyard. Charlie, thank you for joining us and showing us your T-shirt. Yes, yes, I can be in Port of America jumper. I like it. I, I notice you've still got the same photograph with the exploding head on it. I'm the, I'm, yeah, I love having an exploding head, but it was the best day of my life, so I'm never going to take that off. Yeah, good man, good man. Thanks for joining us, Charlie. Also with us, um, the voice of uh, the Shrimps Trust, uh, the man who emails out to uh, over 600 people every week now, Joel, Joel Shooter. Eden Freeze. Thanks for joining us. And finally, um, we always have a, a guest player on, if we can get one, or somebody on from the club. And as, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see we welcome along the new, newly announced club captain, Anthony O'Connor. Thanks for joining us, Anthony. No worries. Thanks for having me. So we'll move straight on. Um, Wimbledon. I, I called it the game of two halves in my little preamble. Um, it was a tough game, Joel, uh, but we played really well second half. And you've got to come away and think, well, crikey. Um, I understand, and I, I, I know the gaffer was annoyed, and Anthony, you can come in on this. I know the gaffer was annoyed because we spent quite a lot of time preparing for Wimbledon, knowing that their forte was set pieces, and our undoing on the day was set pieces, Joel. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's just one of those, obviously. I'm sure Anthony and the manager and whatnot, they'll, they'll know a bit more about it. But yeah, I mean, taking the positives, the second half performance going forward, that was so, so positive. I think I felt that there were big improvements on what had come before the international break attacking-wise. I think, uh, and there were things that Stephen Rambles and I had talked about before, about like getting more crosses into the box and kind of being a bit more productive in the final third. And obviously we see that with uh, Shane McLaughlin's goal uh, and then Cole Stockton's first goal as well. That, that comes from you know, a bit of work from the Hua down the right, switching it, whereas Dole trying to get a cross in. It bounces, it, it gets blocked, but ultimately it's kind of building that pressure and having that ball in the area. So yeah, I think we there were, there were definitely positives from that. Obviously, it, it, it's it's a shame to obviously lose the game like we did, but it's good to see at the same time that there, were, there was some improvement on things that we probably did need to improve on. Yeah, looking at looking at it from the players' point of view, you're going to be disappointed with that, Anthony, because the simple fact is you score three goals at home and don't win the game, and then concede four, particularly in the in the the, the sort of uh, the way that we conceded two or three of the goals, um, you've got to get in the dressing room and say, you know, that's maybe the one that got away. Am I right? Yeah, well, you just said it there. When you score uh, three goals at home, you, you don't ex- you don't expect to lose the game, certainly. Um, but you know that that's what happened, and that's what happens when you switch off. Um, like you like you just said earlier, we we work so hard on on limiting them throughout the whole week and, you know, on set pieces. And ultimately we knew that's where they were strong. And 
you know, they would play for set pieces. But, you know, we, we backed ourselves to, you know, we're, we're, we've got good headers of the ball in the team as well and, and, and good players to be able to deal with set pieces. And ultimately on the day, we weren't good enough. Um, OK, there were some individual mistakes in there, which happen in football. You know, you, you can't legislate for that. You know, sometimes it just happens. But um, ultimately and collectively as a team, we, we didn't do enough from set pieces. It wasn't just one person, wasn't just two. It was, it was as a whole, 11 and, you know, when you've got five, six, seven players not at the races, um, you know, ultimately you're not going to win football games. And, and that's what happened. There were too many players that weren't at it for the full 90 minutes. OK, there was, you know, Cole was brilliant on the day and he looked as if he was going to get us out of trouble again. Um, but, listen, it's it's the goal in the last minute was an absolute sucker punch. Um if that hits the crossbar and goes over, you kind of just say, right then, it's, you know, a point is probably a fair result and you, and you yeah. take it and move on. But it hits the underside of the bar and goes in and it's a great goal, but all four goals are avoidable. Um, but, you know, you, you hear it time and time again in football, you've got to put it behind you as fast as you can now. We know we weren't good enough and, you know, there's always another th- another game to put it right and, you know, there's another game coming, coming Saturday and we have to put it right. So I'll come to you, Charlie. That was, uh, it certainly was a game of two halves because obviously they were a yard, I looked a yard quicker in the first half and their tactics, they varied the tactics more in the first half than they did in the second. But um, you've got to admire the pluck of the team coming back. Like Anthony said, Cole and uh, Shane McClock and getting his first goal. And when we got back to sort of like, we got back to 2-1 up after being 1-0 down and not really having a kick, I thought, hey, up, we've got it in, in the bag here, but it didn't turn out that way, Charles. Yeah, I mean, I was there with my um, my good good friend from where I live, who they're big Wimbledon fans. So my son Arnie was the was the Morecambe mascot, and their son Arnie was the um, Wimbledon mascot. The trial to see if we get mascots back, which which went fairly well. And um, we met the Wimbledon team. They're on the same train as going back to London. Really, really nice people, and you can tell they're uh, they're really up for it. And I, I, I'm no football expert, but it felt like for the first twenty minutes. We'd had an international break for two weeks, and they'd be, they would beat Portsmouth five three in the week. Yeah, they'd beat they'd beaten Oxford three one the week before. Four. So well, we yeah. we've been we've been you know the, the amazing original uh, topic of Morecambe having an international break, which was a bit tongue in cheek, but first time ever. They'd obviously been playing games and scoring eight goals against Portsmouth and Oxford, and they came to us and scored another four. Uh, it just felt like they were they they, they maybe they. Uh, they, 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 they were. They, they've never stopped, and we, we took a while to going. But you know, the goals are amazing. I was just looking at the goal on my phone. I thought Anthony got an assist, but he, he headed it to Arthur. He headed it to Cole. So uh, you, you nearly got an assist there for that third goal, which is amazing. I don't think. I don't, I don't think a headed clearance is an assist. It's hey, an all count, all assist. Counts, you know that. On assist with an assist. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it was. A, it was a great goal by Cole. It was just amazing to be. I mean, Joe, Joe was. I waved to Joe. He was far from me. It was just an amazing experience, but to you just I don't know what Anthony felt like, but it, it felt like there was going to be a fourth goal for, for, for someone. And it yeah. just happened to be, you thought be, you could just tell there was going to be another goal. <laughs> There's goals everywhere. You could just, so, and it unfortunately fell to them, but, uh, you know, we, well, we, we move on. And uh, you think back to our start, if you look at it, we went to Gillingham, which is miles away, to go, and we, and we, and we dubious penalty um, uh, there. We've, we've, we've had Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday, um, Wimbledon at home, 
and then we've had uh, eight switch away. We haven't had the easiest start. We have missed one, missed one off there, I think. But then we haven't had the Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. We haven't had the easiest start. We're still, we're still doing well in, in the league. If you think about Steam was on the, the, second, the, the pre, previous one podcast talking about five game blocks, you know, we've, got, we've got four, four, four games to try and get seven points. And uh, you know, hopefully we yeah. can build on that. I, I think the one thing that I do want to touch on is, though, that the, there's not been much dissension in the ranks from, from a fan point of view, uh, which is obviously comforting both for you on the board and you as players, because the simple fact is, it, it, the, the, all, most of the games have been roller coaster. We've created lots and lots of chances, uh, and it's been really, really entertaining. And you touched on it there, Charlie. At, at three apiece, it was end. It was literally so wide open. Both teams were going for it, and and surely there's there's a situation here where, at credit to Wimbledon, they were pushing men forward, and we were the same, Anthony. We were going for it. We were thinking we can snatch a winner here because we had that confidence because we'd scored three already. But it made for fantastic entertainment. Yeah, exactly. The the goals are there in the team. You can see that Cole is is on fire at the minute, but. Um, other people are starting to chip in now as well. Shane got his first goal, um, a few others. So, um, you know, it's we're, we're not a million miles away. Like you just said, we've had a, we've had a tough start. Um, but no matter who we play on a Saturday, we know that we can go and, and get a result. If not, if not, get a draw, beat them. We know that we're capable of beating anyone, and we've we've shown that. Um, we went to Ipswich first game of the season, which is probably the hardest game you could probably get. Yeah. In the, at the start of a season with their, with their fans all back in the ground and the stadium was rocking and for us to go there and actually be disappointed to come away with a draw yeah. you know shown, shows how far we've come we, if you asked us before the game would we have taken a draw yeah we probably would have but for us to come away actually disappointed you know it shows what we're actually trying to achieve this season and you know, both ends of the pitch are not a million miles off. We, we go to Ipswich and we contain them for most of the game and they score a last-minute equaliser. We obviously keep a, a clean sheet against Shrewsbury. We should have had one against Rotherham. You know, they score a long-range effort that just gets caught up in the wind and goes over Jock. That should have been another clean sheet. Gillingham was a, a free kick and a, a penalty. You know, two two dodgy decisions from the referee. Um, not using that as an excuse, but they were. Um we keep a clean sheet against Sheffield Wednesday. And then, obviously, Saturday was, was the one game where you could probably look at and think we didn't look as solid as we have been. So, um, hopefully, we can get back to being that solid team and being hard to break down and obviously carry that threat going forward as well, which we have been doing in games. So, I'll, I'll come to the Papa John's Trophy game on Tuesday night. Um, again, my opinion on that one, it, it did look like... a. Uh, when you're playing in the academy, they always try and play the right way, and Everton's obviously no no change in that. And they'll keep it on the deck, and they'll play neat and tidy, and uh, they'll play through the thirds. But th- there wasn't a, there wasn't a right lot of uh, lot of um, last third action, Joel, was there? To be honest, no, I think you know it, it did feel a bit more like a kind of training game, and you can you can see why because it's a load of you know we had a lot of players who hadn't had a lot of minutes this season playing the first full nineties in a while, so it was always going to have a little bit of the tempo taken out of it. And, and obviously just because of the, the nature of the competition, the nature of the, the opposition you're playing, it wasn't ever going to have quite the same sting as a, as a league game. I mean, what was quite interesting, I thought in the second half, I thought what was it? I thought Everton did defend quite well, actually. I thought that, that they looked quite solid. But, and we had a lot of the play. And I think we, we did all right, to be honest. Kind of, even, even moving into that final third, we made some kind of good entries into the box here and there. 
Yeah, I think Wes McDonald played a few nice balls in. Pake had a bit of joy getting down the wing. But it just seemed like um, just getting the ball to sit up and then and being able to get your shot away. There was a, a couple of fluffed attempts. It's just one of those. Maybe it's just a matter of kind of getting a few more minutes back into the legs and, you know, building on that. And then obviously the goal that they do score, it's probably their first real move into our half in about for that entire second half, to be honest. And then the guy just kind of gets it, hits a good little snapshot. I don't know if it's taken a little bit of a nick that's taken it a bit further away from Leathering and wrong-footed him a bit. It's hard to tell from the from the TV camera. But, you know, I, it's not something to read a huge huge amount into. And I think we've got to take the positive in that. You know, we've gotten some minutes into into the legs of players who are either coming back or just needed a bit of time. So, uh, and, and, and then people like Ryan McLaughlin at, uh, at right back when Cooney eventually gets his next yellow card, which probably won't be too long away, <laughs> given the rate he's getting them at the minute. Because, uh, you know, at least we've got a good cover there and, and he's, he's got a few more minutes in the tank and, and, you know, some of the other players as well, like Mildnick, who's coming back from an injury. So Jacob, don't answer your centre-half. Jacob Mensah and Scott did well, didn't they? They were good first, first games. Yeah, they did them well. It's, it's, tricky. it's a tricky game to come into, you know, because you're, you're expected to win and you're... You know, coming up against an under twenty one side, you're expected to probably well, from from the neutral side of things, you're probably expected to go and win win the game comfortably, but it's never it's never that easy and you know, they've they've got nothing to lose really. You know, they're coming to a, a League One side, you know, full of first team players that have been around for for been around the block and have two, three, four hundred games under their belt. So they've got nothing to lose to come and, you know, try and get a result and Ultimately, they did that. They did deserve this. Maybe, maybe not. But you know, that's that's football at the end of the day. But um, I thought the two lads at the back done well. They look comfortable. You know, without without everything causing them too much problems. You can see the difference straight away in a you know in a in an under twenty ones game. Everything under twenty ones, other than coming up against a Wimbledon side. Do you know what I mean? Where they've got a six foot six foot six striker up top and. You know, they don't play out from the back as much and it's more about landing on second balls and, and trying to win the battle, you know. It's a completely different game, but you can only play what's put in front of you, I suppose. And, you know, all, all the lads that played on Tuesday night will have done their chances, no harm. Like you said, uh, getting minutes under the belt was, was probably the most important thing to come from it, although we do want to do well in that competition as, uh, as well, uh, you know, to go as far as we can and... Ultimately, a trip to Wembley would be nice as well, wouldn't it? So, we wanted to do as well as we can, but most importantly, everyone came out, um, you know, injury-free of that game and, and all got minutes under their belt. And, you know, what the gaffer is going to do Saturday now, you know, we don't know. We'll probably, you know, have a night more of an idea tomorrow in training. But um, I'm sure players will have put thoughts in his mind, you know, to to be and put themselves forward for the starting eleven on, on Saturday. The only, like you say, Anthony, the good thing is that we came, came through it unscathed, relatively injury-free, because uh, we, <laughs> we can't really afford... Every time we sign a forward, something happens to him. It's got like, he stubs his toe or whatever he does, you know, because obviously Courtney, Courtney now with a, a similar sort of thigh injury. Um, I'm going to come to Charlie now. Charlie, what, what's, this, what's the sketch... With, uh, do you know what the sketch is with the sort of financial thing with the P- Papa John's trophy? Because I know last season they were offering ten grand for a win. Is that still the case? Yeah, you still get you still get money for a win, money for a draw, and uh, you know, obviously Stephen's stated wants to do well in the cup, but he's been there, uh, been done well in it himself. But saying to Anthony before, it's a good job that uh, transfer window wasn't an extra month, because we'd have seventeen strikers with injured thighs now. 
um, because uh, we just signed, signed another striker, signed another striker, and we get injured. But hopefully, we'll be back soon. Jonas, hopefully, we'll be back soon. Um, he's yeah. he, he's a great prospect, but um, you know we we do get money for it. But you know, ultimately, you know, we're in a position now where we we've got we've got multiple income streams and. You know, if we don't if we, if we don't gain money out of it, and, and, and I think I think I think Steam would rather have you know get through and lose one nil potentially, and not get any injuries to win three nil and have three three or four injuries. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I, I can see where I can see why favourite team he, he played. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And as as uh, as you said, Jacob and uh, and Scott Wooten both did equally well you know Jacob looks like he's got a real good prospect you know because obviously coming from the conference it's a bit of a step up so I'll, I'll come to you now uh, Anthony a little bit about yourself obviously um, Republic of Ireland uh, under 21 international uh, started at Blackburn Rovers a lot of experience uh, a couple of spells at Burton uh, and then obviously uh, probably best known for your time at Aberdeen and also uh, at Bradford City so when the gaffer approached you, where, how did this come about? How did, was it an easy decision to make to come to to, to League One? Yeah, um, the gaffer rung me during the summer when I when I was actually at home in Cork, and um, it was actually a phone call from from my agent first saying I've had Stephen Robinson on the phone and he wants you to come to Morecambe, and he obviously knows all about you from your time at Aberdeen because obviously he was the Motherwell manager, and I would have come up against his teams quite a lot and I always feel like I've always done well against Motherwell when I was up there so um, and then I just said yeah I, I, I want to speak to the I want to speak to him then and you know literally the gaffer phoned me not so long after that and we had a long chat and he he told me boy how we wanted to play and how we how we seen things and how he's you know people would probably look at Morecambe as a team that was going to go into League One and probably sit back and try and get a result here and there and scrape scrape through and he was like no no this we're, we're going to attack this league like and we're going to take it to every team and you know I kind of just I kind of was just taken back a bit by it and I was thinking yeah I, I fancy I fancy a bit of that you know that's you know it could have been a totally different conversation with, with a different manager it could have been you know like I just said it could have been oh listen we're, we're going to come up against some good teams so we're going to have to you know try and try and be hard to beat and all that but Obviously, we're going to try and be hard to be, but the gaffer wants to take it to teams and, you know, press teams high up and win the ball back and lots of shots on goal. So I was really impressed by what he had to say. And, you know, I'd only, I only slept on it overnight. You know, I always think it's good to sleep on things to make sure you're making the right decision. It only took me, you know, to wake up the next morning and give the gaffer a phone call and just said, I'm on the way, I'm on the way to Morecambe, you know, in the next couple of days and, and, we, and we'll do the deal. And it was it was done there and then. He had my words that I wasn't gonna go anywhere else because obviously I had to come back from Cork and get everything sorted. So you know he had my word that I I wanted to come here, and my mind was made up as soon as, as soon as I spoke to him. Really. So your impressions, first of all, uh, did it come as a surprise that that um, obviously Sam's departure, Sam wasn't going to sign a contract, so obviously we were going to lose the club captain there. Did it come as a surprise to you that you were offered the club captain so quickly? Um, I, obviously, I didn't expect Sam to move on. I knew there was whispers, you know, early on in pre-season and during pre-season and what have you. And I thought that if something was going to happen, then it was it was going to happen, you know, a, few, a good few weeks back. You know, I didn't think it was going to go on to the last day of the window. And then obviously, you know, we found out that, 
you know, Charlton have had a had a bid accepted and um did I have an idea in the back of my mind that he, he might give me the captaincy? Maybe a little bit, just because only the fact that he gave me the armband for the first game of the season when, yeah. when Sam uh, didn't play. So I wore the armband at Ipswich and obviously Sam came straight into the team then and he wore, he obviously is the club captain. So he obviously had the armband on uh, for every other game after that. So maybe that was the only inkling that I had that maybe he might give it to me, but he pulled me um the week after Sam left and just said, Yeah, you're gonna be my new you're gonna be my new captain and you know, I, I, I couldn't you know, I'm I'm glad that you're gonna be my captain because you're great around the training ground and great with the young lads and passing on information and training and you know, hopefully I can just bring all that to the to the to the team now and I, I would do that. I, I'm like that anyway, with or without the armband, you know what I mean? An armband is just an armband at the end of the day. It doesn't it doesn't change anything. I should you know, if I was to be quiet on the pitch without the armband and then as soon as I got the armband thinking I was you know this this vocal lad on the pitch then I wouldn't be being true to myself you know without the armband I was always vocal on the pitch and always trying to organise my teammates so um, you know I was happy to take on that responsibility and hopefully I can lead the club as well as Sam did Sam did a, an unbelievable job at this club and you know nobody can take that away from him but um, you know he's moved on to obviously another club now and, and all the best to him I hope he does really well but now uh, now that I've been given the armband you know I'm here to do my best for, for Morecambe and hopefully uh, you know come the end of the season we'll be after having you know a, a successful season I know that Stephen has alluded a couple of times uh, that he's he was fortunate enough that he got uh, he got he got paired with uh, Pep Guardiola in the uh, managers conference online and I know one of the things that he said when he interviewed him was that Pep, Pep says that uh, uh, English and Scottish teams put too much store into uh, who the captain is and that Stephen sort of kind of agreed with that and said that he expects three or four senior players on the pitch to be all, all captains. So immediately I think, well, yeah, you fit into that. But also, you're looking at Tombs and Cole and and a, oh, we've got a new guest. Hello. Yeah, nice joining us. <laughs> so yeah, we but you've got you, you've got if Tombs is playing and Cole's playing, uh, and there's a couple of there's there's plenty of other people there who were uh, if you like decent vice captains, which is helpful, surely. Yeah, exactly. Look, too much can be put on the term captain. Do you know what I mean? Everyone has a voice. Everyone can say what they want in the dressing room. It doesn't just have to be one person. Um, anyone can say what they want on the pitch, you know, to, to get on players and demand more from your teammates and, you know, help players around them. Every player on the pitch does that. So if, if anyone thinks that it's just the captain that does that, you know, they're wrong. Um, everyone does that on the pitch. It's just at the end of the day, someone has to wear the armband. And, do you know what I mean? I'm sorry. I'm priv- <laughs> Sorry. I'm privileged that he's picked me. It's uh, it's something that I've done before. I was captain at Bradford before, and um, I wore the armband throughout all my academy days at Blackburn and through the reserves. I've always been the captain, so it's not something that comes, you know. That's that's it's not something that's new to me. So um, hopefully I can wear it, you know, with, with with pride, and hopefully I can do it justice, and hopefully I can prove the you know the gaffer's decision was was the right one. But like I said. It can be. It, there's too much that can be placed on the term captain. You know, it's just it's just an armband at the end of the day. We've got to have eleven leaders on the pitch ultimately. Yeah. 
right, Joel, uh, you're on. I hope I haven't taken any questions away there. Sorry if I have. Yeah, I know. I was, uh, I was, I was wanting to have a bit of a sniff around the captain stuff, but yeah, you've covered it pretty comprehensively there. But don't worry, I've got a few more. So we'll, <laughs> we'll get by, definitely. Uh, so obviously... Throughout this season, you've, you've actually played quite—I <coughs> mean, sorry—quite a few different kind of sub roles within centre backs. Obviously, you played on, on on the right of the back two. You played on the left of the back two when Sam Lavelle came back in, and then you played as as a right centre back in, in a back three. Mm-hmm. And is that something you're comfortable doing? And what kind of differences do you feel kind of playing across those roles? Um, yeah, it's, it's something I've done throughout all my career. I've played in so many positions throughout my career. It's you know I, I think the only position I haven't played is in goal, and that's actually a strange one because when when Big Kyle got injured a couple of weeks ago and Baz was on the bench, Baz uh, the ex- the staff actually came to me and said, "If Jock gets injured, would you would you mind going in goal?" And I was <laughs> like, well, I, "I said, well, I've played every other position, so I might as well." Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I've played in so many positions throughout my career. I've played, I've actually played a lot of games at right back um, when I was when I was younger. Even though I've always been a centre half, um, I played whole in midfield. Um, I've played everywhere across the back, uh, left of a of of a, obviously on the in the centre of defence. I played on the left. I played on the right. I played on the left of a three, the middle of a three, the right of a three. Um, for me, it's just it's just getting on with your job, and you know it's just business at the end of the day. You still have to be able to pass the ball ten yards. You still have to be able to head the ball. You still have to be able to tackle, no matter where you play. And um, there's obviously little differences. Whereas if I was playing on the left hand side, you know, um, you know, I obviously have to be more comfortable, you know, with, with my with my weaker foot because there's going to be times where the ball is on my left foot and have to be comfortable with that, which I have been through all my career, even though it's not my more natural side. Um, and obviously Saturday we played a back three and I was on the right of the three. Um, and the difference is with that really is that on the outside, you know, the, the middle man not so much, but on the left-hand side and the right-hand side, if you're playing a back three, you've got to be able to defend in wide areas and defend one-by-ones because you're, you're, you're being pulled out into the right-back position quite a lot because you, obviously you've got your wing-backs who are going to be high up the pitch and... You know, the ball gets played in behind quite a lot when you play a back three. So you've got to be able to defend them in wide areas. And that's the only difference to that, really. Um, Saturday probably didn't, it didn't work as much as we wanted it to. Um, but, you know, that's, if you can't, if you keep giving the ball away in possession, then no formation is going to work for you. And that's what happened Saturday. We kept giving the ball away in cheap areas. And the gaffer obviously changed it back to a 4-3-3. But um, it's good that we have that in our, in our locker that we're able to change to a... A, diff- a different formation. You can hear her making so much noise there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's good bit. that we're able to uh, to adapt. And if the gaffer seems, you know, is 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 looking at the game in front of him and thinking that it needs a change and we need to go to a back three or we need to stay stay as a forward, then it's good that we have that in our in our arsenal to be able to go in and change things around. Yeah, I mean, we certainly know a bit about you playing right back because I'm pretty sure you scored against us from right back last season <laughs> for Bradford at the Valley Parade. But yeah, ask a less, can I ask a less technical question, <laughs> Anthony? You know when you get the ball in our box and you 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 you've got to pass it pass it around. How do you feel? Do you feel confident? Do you feel I'm like, you know <laughs> it's a completely different style to what we've been used to in last you know, last yeah. season? It's very much like booted up. You know, Everyone, everyone defends together. Everyone attacks. Together. It's obviously like now. It's like pass to you and your, your centre back, and and uh, 
play like Brazil, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's obviously it's a different way of playing to last season. I obviously played against Morecambe last season, and it was a different style. And Derek obviously done a, a terrific job with with Morecambe last season, getting promoted and that. But uh, we've got a bit of a different style now. Um, to answer your question about playing out from the back, you have to mix it up, I suppose. You have to be able to go longer and, and obviously and be able, be able to play out from the back as well. Saturday, we probably we probably took the wrong decision to play out from the back because they were set to press us and that's what they wanted. Yeah. So we gave them what they wanted, really, and we should have we should have we should have uh, recognised that early doors. They were on the front foot and you know ready to punks on any any pass. And similar to what we do, really, we we set up triggers when we play to press teams, and there's certain triggers that we know when to press, and that's exactly what they did to us. And we should have known that really from the first few times of playing out, because there was times where Jock passed the ball to me on Saturday, and I would try and look for a pass. But they were because they were locked on so high up the pitch, and they wanted that. I didn't really have a pass on, only order to try and try and smack it up to Cole. And Cole was up against two big centre halves. You know what I mean? And I didn't really want to do that. So ultimately, I would have to turn back or play to Ryan, who was next to me, or play back to Jock, who would ultimately kick it long anyway. So Saturday we probably got that wrong, and we hold our hands up as players to say we we got that wrong on Saturday, and we probably shouldn't have played into their hands as much and probably that's where a couple of their goals come from really that led to their set pieces so we will learn from that obviously and we will know from now on that when teams lock on to us that we know we're going to have to go a bit longer especially from dead ball situations like goal kicks and stuff like that when teams are able to set up and take their time to set up but when they're not set up is the time to actually try and play out it's so when we're actually further up the pitch a bit and actually not in our six-yard box trying to play out that way. So actually when we're a bit further up the pitch and playing along the back four, then is probably the better approach to take it. So we'll certainly learn from that and take that take that uh, into into our games going forward, certainly. I suppose that actually uh, raises quite an interesting point. With, with those kind of in-game decisions of like when, when you're kind of deciding when you should play out from the back and kind of thinking to kind of think about switching kind of uh, styles and tactics halfway through the game. How much autonomy do you as players have on the pitch or, or how much is it done in conjunction with what the manager is saying? Um, yeah, well, listen, as, as players, we have to take responsibility and we have to see things for ourselves on the pitch because the manager might not be able to get his messages across all the time. You know, there's obviously noise and crowds are, are shouting and whatever. The, the manager might not all be able to get his messages across and there was actually a point on Saturday where he shouted on to me that we're going back to a back four and I obviously told everyone that we're going back to 4-3-3 so everyone knew their positions and, and Arthur, Arthur actually didn't hear it Arthur didn't actually know he obviously didn't hear me saying it and Arthur actually thought we were still playing 3-5-2 a half an hour into the game so it's important for us as uh, not just myself but all of us as players we have to take responsibility on the pitch for for, for certain situations that happen. Like I said, we should have clocked early doors that Wimbledon were wanting us for Jock to play that first pass out and for me to get the ball and probably for me to roll, you know, a, a little a little soft ball into midfield and then for them to just go boom, right on top of us and try and win the ball back. And, you know, the risk to reward is that if they win the ball back high up the pitch and in around our box, yeah. there's a chance they're going to get a shot, a shot off on goal. So... We need to be we need to be a lot more clever in those situations and 
like I said, we're, we're certainly going to learn from that. And it can't just come from the manager. It's got to come from us as players as well. But conversely, we have scored some really great goals from doing that. You know, it's a really exciting play. So you know, it's probably what you're saying is really interesting. It's probably what is the course and judge judge on the game. What's that? Sorry, it's probably you probably it's really interesting what you say. It's quite yeah. um, it's, it's just decide on the day. But we have scored some really good goals from playing out from the back as well. So yeah, exactly. We like I said, we need to know when to play out from the back and when not to. When team when Jock gets a goal kick and teams are able to set up. In their, in their shape and go, right then, we're setting out the press. It's when they're not set and when they're a bit disjointed that we should be able to get the ball down then and pick them off. Whereas when they're set, it's probably not the right time to do it because they're obviously set to press us and they're obviously waiting for a little mistake or a little trigger to come and press us. And I, like I said, it's similar to what we do in a way. We look for little triggers and backward passes and you know, backward passes to the goalkeeper to absolutely squeeze the pitch up and put pressure on the opposition. So, like I said, when 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 the when the opposition is disjointed, that's our time to get the ball down and really move it quickly. Because, like you said, that's where some of our best players come from. You know, from me playing to a fullback, from the fullback into Tombs. Uh, Tombs, like he does, you know, Tombs rarely gives the ball away. You know, I might might give it away a couple of times, but he rarely does. Tombs will always find that pass to find one of the eights. And then we get it wide and we get crosses into the box, crosses into the box. And that's where our joy has come from. So hopefully we'll see a lot more of that in the next few weeks. We're working every day, obviously, to obviously improve on everything. And listen, it's not always going to be perfect. We know that there's going to be mistakes. But it's important that we keep those mistakes to a minimum. And, and obviously, you know, when we win the games, that we know what the game needs and know that we need to be a bit more clever in games. And like we, when, when we went 3-2 up on Saturday, we should have known that we should have tried to kill the game a little bit. And take the sting out of it, if you know what I mean, because the crowd was up and, you know, everything was a bit hyper because Cole just scored, you know, probably goal of the season and it was hectic and we probably should have tried and take the sting out of the game then, you know, and, and, and try and kill it and, and we didn't do that and, you know, us, me, myself, you know, I, I spent a lot of the weekend thinking about it, you know, kick, kicking myself, obviously, and thinking, you know, us as, as experienced players because we've got a lot, a lot of young players in the team as well, so, you yeah. can't really blame them for that; those kind of things. But us as experienced players, we should have took the sting and known when to take the sting out of the game. And that maybe would have changed things. But listen, as I said, we're learning every day. And hopefully, you know, you can see that we're, we're trying to do the right things and we're, we're trying to play the right way. So hopefully it will come together for us. And like we've, we've had good results. Listen, we've, we've, had a, we've had, like I said, we've had a tough start. But to come away with seven points from those first five games is... It's not such a bad start. And like I said, the next block of five games is coming out. Okay, Wimbledon has not been a great start to that next block, but we've got a lot of games where we know that we can go and, and take maximum points from. I think um, one point I was going to make to you, Joel, here now, and obviously Charlie and Anthony, you've seen the, you've seen the results yourself. Just, just watching uh, the highlights of League One on Quest at the weekend, this division seems to have about... 15 teams who just want to go and attack. And there was loads... I mean, you saw the results on Saturday, Crackers. You know, Cambridge Cambridge taking five on, but then the week before, Lincoln got beat and it was like... It, it, and there was just goals all over the place. And it, it, it seems like there are us... And Wednesday, Wednesday as well. Yeah, they're all... And literally. And it, it's strange, Joel, isn't it? Because <laughs> League Two wasn't like that. League Two was very much... It was a fighting fighting division, and you had to you had to sort of like win the right to play your football. Whereas 
there's a lot more. There seems to be a lot more footballers in this division. Am I wrong? No, no I think you're right. To be honest, I think you know. Look at look at some of the teams and some of the players that are about, and some of the, some of the managers as well. There are a lot of teams who are kind of want. It. I, I think it's a nice blend because there's, there's a lot of teams. I don't think we've really come against. Well, maybe Julian, but like come up against many teams who really just want the hoof up the pitch. There, but they're, but they're at the same time there's generally not that tendency to kind of overplay because then you have somebody like Wimbledon who themselves, you know, they, they played it from the back a bit, but then they also were pretty happy to just knock it long to Ollie Palmer up front. He's a big lad. Then they had um, Hartigan uh, in deep midfield who, you know, who's able to get that ball and switch play and get it out to the wingers quickly. So they had, they had lots of ways of attacking. And I think you, you, get, you get that with quite a lot of the players and teams in this division, don't you, you know? Uh, they got different ways of attacking, and it, yeah, I'm just quite looking for. I mean, as much as I'm in, mostly, I mean, I'm enjoying being in League One for, as a Morecambe fan, but it's also quite fun having all these different teams with their different styles and different qualities kind of visit, and it, you know, it's interesting to watch. Oh. I think I, I think uh, I think your little one's turning into the star of this podcast here, Anthony. <laughs> she's, play, she's, she's playing with the dog and crying because the dog won't play her off, so. I'm trying to keep her occupied. Charlie, you've got to be pleased. Wimbledon brought 260 on Saturday, and yet we still made 3,700 in a home crowd. And that's got to be really pleasing from a club's perspective, hasn't it? Because the crowds haven't dropped at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why I have this background behind me, um, which obviously is only for use on YouTube. But, you know, we are privileged to be in League One. Yeah. We worked so hard to get here. Yeah. Ipswich, you hear about Ipswich every single week. They've got, a team, they've got 18, 19 new players gelling together. That's why we're not doing very well. No more than us. Yeah, that's right. We, we, haven't, yeah. we, haven't, we haven't used that as an excuse once. You know? we are, we're, we're, doing, we're doing great. Um, any, uh, so exciting. We loved League Two, obviously. But it was exciting. But League One, so, so exciting to watch. Every team is really, really attacking. And, uh, you know, there hasn't been, like you say, there hasn't been, it's all been positive. You know, even when we, um, even when we lost, every game we've lost, we've sort of said, you know, learn from it, you know, and uh, I'm sure we will. So yeah, that's why people have kept coming back. Um, I've got some good, I've got, I've got Ben's monthly report in my phone, so I can't tell oh, you everything. Yeah, go for it. Can't tell you everything, but I'll tell you some, what I can tell you. Oh, no, tell us the juicy bits. <laughs> so, uh, the statue of Rod Taylor being erected under cost. No, that's <laughs> uh, no so um, yeah, that's next to Eric Morecambe, no doubt. Yeah, we've got some new new staff started. So we've got a ticket office manager, a ticketing assistant, retail manager, all started to try and improve to try and improve the offering there. Uh, we've got the third shipping container going to be put into action. Um, oh, is that in the away end? I can't confirm what exactly what's going on with that. But that's going to be happening soon. Um, we've we've the 500, red, 500 new red seats have been put in the stand in this month, which made made, made us look really really good. Thanks to the trust. Um, well done. <laughs> the spend per head has gone up. Obviously, we're trying. We've got the season ticket offer to um, to bring people in the, in, into the ground to, to cheer on Captain Anthony and his team. Um, but then also we're trying to increase revenue, so that that's been the highest it's ever been. And um, hospitality is really full, which is great. There are some things, I, I was there on Saturday and I'm always open for feedback, so anyone comes to me and asks me a question, I'll put it on the list and I've got about three or four things to ask tomorrow. One of the main things for me was they're not serving mushy peas, they're serving protest peas on Saturday. Not quite, it's got to be mushy peas, right, Anthony? 
Oh, we mushy peas, not yeah. processed peas. Um, so well, that's, yeah. that, that, that's 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 number, number agenda item number I, I, one on the board. I, I, to be honest, if that's a complaint, it's not from me because I don't mind. That's for me. That's for me. That's my complaint. Oh, that's your complaint. <laughs> yeah, it's my well, complaint. yeah. I was going to say, it, yeah, look, if if, if like last Saturday I turned up and I had uh, I had pie and peas and a and a cider, so that was two of me five a day. So I was quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so recruitment's gone well. Um, Ben's been brilliant. I don't know how much Anthony's come across Ben, but he's been a really great addition to the team. So we can have a we can have a we can have a monthly board meeting tomorrow. He's provided a report, updating the board and everything. Um, we've got loads of good stuff going on. So uh, like that's the reasons to be cheerful, you know. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. Stephen, and, you know, I I I think he's five game blocks now. <laughs> I've actually marked more out. Sure, Joel does. And you know, I think it's really good at ethos for the club, and you know. If we get, if we get, I was looking at looking at looking at with uh, Dermot the other week, and if, if it's sixty points, which is, I think it's is it's six and a half or seven a game, uh, every five game block, it's, it's top 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 half, if not tenth or eleventh in the last three four seasons. No, yeah, that's no, that. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. That would be fantastic, given the fact. As you've already said, that Ipswich signed 19 players, and every time they're mentioned in the media, it's mentioned that they signed 19 players. We've signed 19 players, of which six of them are injured, and we're still above them. <laughs> so, so if we do nine, nine five-game blocks, seven, seven, seven and five-game blocks, like Anthony says that we've already done so far, we will be we'll be tenth or eleventh. Which obviously, not saying we're going to get that high, but Shrimps fans, come on. <laughs> hey, well, why not aim that high? And speaking, and, and speaking of the five-game blocks. That brings us nicely to the next two in this sort of like the second and third game of the five game block. So we've got Doncaster away on Saturday and then Crew away on Tuesday. And as it sits, Doncaster and Crew are the bottom two teams, uh, which at this stage of the season doesn't really mean a right lot, does it, Joel? No, you know, it, it, it's still so early that like a, a bad run of form is your whole season rather than just one blip in the season. So, you know, it might be that they turn it around and, you know, win loads of games for the rest of the season. But, you know, we'll have to see. Obviously, Crew have had a tough summer, uh, losing quite a lot of the, the better young players. Uh, well, kind of tough year, because obviously some of them weren't in January as well. So, you know, you can see why they're struggling. Obviously, Doncaster, I mean, I, you know, they, they've got a new manager in, and Richie Williams, maybe they're still trying to adapt. But ultimately... I think we've touched them before. We can't underestimate them, you know. That ultimately, they're going to be desperate for their first win. So, I'm sure, you know, Anthony and Stephen and the whole team will have done all the homework and worked on the things that they can exploit and work on the things that, you know, we need to tighten up and do better. So, you know, it's just same same as before, really. Just, you know, try and get those wins and, you know, treat them with respect, but also, you know, be confident in our own abilities. So, looking at Saturday, Anthony, uh, Richie Wellens um, did particularly well with League Two with Swindon. Um, uh, wasn't given the right lot of time at Salford, but in my experience, they both played the right way. They did play through the thirds and played decent football. Uh, and, and I think all the games that we've had this season where we've come across football insides, we've done pretty well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, obviously, regarding Doncaster, you know, they said they're at the you know, bottom of the league, but that doesn't tell the whole story, you know what I mean? It's it's so early in the season that no team can be can be lightly taken. Um and no team can be lightly taken regardless of what stage of the season you are in, but certainly not now with only six games gone. Do you know what I mean? And 
Um, like you said, they might be just adapting to a new manager. They might have some new... They're still looking, as far as I know, they're still looking to bring in some new players, I think. So, you know, they're, they're obviously going through some sort of a transition, like, like a lot of us, you know, a lot of new players are coming in and stuff like that. So, um, it's never never going to be an easy game. Any game in, in this league is tough. Um, but like you said, we'll be going there, knowing what we have to do, knowing what we need to tighten up on. Uh, learning from our, from our mistakes from last week, um, and like I said, hopefully, you know you can never you can't control obviously the result, um, but you know certain things happen in a game where you just go hold your hands up and go, you know what, we couldn't do nothing about that, but we can certainly try and control our effort and our performance and give a hundred percent. And I think more often than not, when you when you give a good performance and give 100% effort, more often than not, you know, luck is on your side and you more often than not come up with a, a positive result. So we all have to make sure that we're, we're bang at it on Saturday and hopefully the result will take care of itself. And crew on Tuesday, it's unusual because of the international break that we've got two, two away games quickly on the bounce there. Uh, so similar, similar situation with crew. It is too early in the season. I take Joel's point, they've lost some really, really good youngsters in Pickering and Kirk, etc., etc., because they're a really, really good young team. They've played with each other for a lot of, lot of years. So Dave Artel's got a difficult job to do there because he's got to replace uh, people who've come through together from when they were 16, 17 and then all got sold at the same time. That's a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, it's never easy when you lose you know, your so-called better players. Um, obviously, you lost a lot, of, a lot of good, talented players, like you said, but... Um, I'm sure they won't use that as an excuse. You know, like I said, they are looking to get a result and looking to get a win. Um, so it's important that we obviously take care of business on Saturday first. You know, we won't be looking ahead of uh, looking looking past Doncaster. Um, it's always about the next game for us. I know it's a bit cliche, but you know that's the way it has to be with us. You know, we we're not good enough to to look past any team. Um, and, and and no team in this division is good enough to look past anyone. So um, hopefully we can take care of Saturday first and then we will look to crew, which is, again, not going to be an easy game. But it's an opportunity to put last week right and it's an opportunity to put points on the board. Um, so like I said, hopefully a, a good performance will do that. Charlie, are you, are, you, uh, are you stuck down south or are you making the journey north this weekend? Um, coming up for a whole week in a in a in a next weekend we're coming for the Accrington game and the uh, and the uh, Lincoln game, isn't it? And uh, Dermot was supposed to play golf with me, but he's bowled it. He thinks he's going to lose. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I'm looking, yeah. he, he's going away apparently. Oh yeah, running scared. Yeah. Running scared. Doesn't want yeah, to be yeah. by the disabled guy. Well, yeah, yeah uh, I. It, it, if the outcome of that was in doubt, I'd ask Farney because I know he likes a bet, don't he, Anthony? He does. He certainly loves a bet. Always on the horses he is. If you ever get him on again, just ask him about the horses because he's constantly on his phone. I don't even think he watches training. I think you could have someone injured on the pitch and train and say, Farney, he's, he's injured. And he'd be, oh, he'd be like that on his phone, swiping through his phone. It's unbelievable. Nah, but he's, he's a great guy, Farney, honestly. He's, all the staff have been so brilliant and, and they have been for years you know so a lot of that staff have been at the club for years and done really yeah. done brilliant for the club so I think that's what makes the club such such a good such a good place to be and you know a lot of it's, it's a really I know it's a bit cliche again but it's a real family feel club to it you know everyone is really bubbly around the place and you know I'm, I'm just you know Morecambe have always been a side that have 
um, you know, you, you'd never, obviously from, from my time of playing against them, they were never really up there in around playoff positions and lead two and stuff like that. So it's obviously really nice that, you know, that it was a change last season and obviously missing out on the last day and then going to the playoffs and getting promoted was such a great story for the club. And I'm just glad now that I'm part of a club that's really on the up and I can really see, you know, this club doing well as long as, you know, as as long as, you know, the right people are involved all the time and, you know, always striving to improve, you know, there's only good things coming the way of this club, hopefully. Well, that's really gratifying to hear. So thank you for joining us tonight. I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, my thanks to uh, club captain Anthony O'Connor. Uh, the effervescent Charlie Appleyard is uh, always great to have on. And obviously Joel and his probing questions. This has been episode 12 of the Shrimps Trust podcast, ShrimpNet. We will return next week with uh, yet more revelations from Charlie and uh, uh, a text about half past five with who the, who the surprise guest is. But uh, thanks for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll speak to you after the uh, Donny and Crew wins, hopefully. Join us again. Mm-hmm.